Hi, welcome to the Cultcast Media Club. This is our Patreon exclusive feed for all of our awesome supporters. So thank you so much for believing in us. This week we we watched Paris is Burning. Max, why did we watch Paris is Burning? We watched Paris is Burning because I had heard audio from it on an episode of Reply All and it helped coalesce for me ideas of what a house is, what a house mm-hmm. could mean, what a house could be, specifically from that culture, but uh, as it moved into and and evolved into kink culture as well. Okay, great. Thank you. If you want to check out Paris is Burning, you can pause this right now and go watch it on Netflix. I think it's also available on Amazon. I'm not entirely yeah, certain. But it, oh, it's, it is available on both. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, so it's available on both if you want to check it out so you can jump in on the conversation. We also have some links in the show notes for this specific episode that's going to give you a link to the Reply All episode that Max is talking about and also links to Mark Marin talking to RuPaul as well as a link to the show Pose on FX. So check that out and thanks for all of your help. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. I thought it was really interesting to what I hadn't seen Paris is Burning before mm-hmm. so we watched it together and that was the first time I saw it to see that presented as just a really healthy and safe way to be distinctive mm-hmm. to to exercise judgment about who you let into your space and to have can I say like a healthy kind of competition or like a place where you can disagree and interact and like hit up against conflicting ideas and ideals mm-hmm. and and have it be something that's also beautiful and that's right. also, you know, I mean, in that instance, it's art. I don't yeah, know if is, we've absolutely. risen to the level of, you know, no, artistry, certainly no, not. But, but we express have, yes. our artistry and we express the things that we like. And I, I know we've all compared before to the the areas of performance, whether that's theater or music mm-hmm. or um, sports that we've been engaged in. And that's mm-hmm. something that we really crave. And this is one way to express that. The The things that really stood out to me about Paris is burning are things like, you know, like house mothers. Like there's this person who kind of is in charge of stuff, but not really in charge of stuff, but who like does the like making sure everybody is where they are. And I feel like I have some of those traits as like, I kind of joke that I'm the matriarch of, of the family, but there's no like in charge. There's no, you know, we all have given ourselves little roles, except for you. (laughs) Max is our captain. He captains the ship. But, you know, uh, like we refer to Hannah as the girl of the house. She's like our, <laughs> our house girl. That doesn't sound as good. And uh, Eric is our sergeant at arms. And I'm just, you know, I'm the mistress of the house. And But we all kind of, you know, we all have our little space and our things that we're good at. And I think that we maximize on that by mm-hmm. recognizing those qualities and supporting those qualities yeah. in each other. And I would say everyone has an opportunity to bring ideas and we've all benefited from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just on a personal level... I really enjoy um, a relationship like Jess and I have had Mm -hmm. where at any given time, you are often the one holding the vision for a certain project Mm -hmm. and directing us towards a specific goal. And for for me, it's just just a great feeling to be able to fall in line with that, to be able to support it and feel like I had a hand in bringing about somebody's like fun, creative idea. That's hugely satisfying for me. And And I think we've connected with a lot of people who also get that same kind of enjoyment from just saying, Jessen has a thing she wants to accomplish. How can we make it happen? Well, okay. So um, a lot of the ideas, 99% of the ideas come from Max. 99%. 99%. Max, and we talked about this, I think, in an earlier episode where Max has an idea and I'm like, all right, we have the website set up. The mailing list is ready to go. It's happening. And that's and a- most of the time I go, no, no I, was, I just I thought this kidding. would be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't mean this to be a thing. 
I actually wanted to do. But now Max can have a crazy idea and I can be like, yeah, let's throw a fucking party. Like, here's what the party's going to be. Um, and I have had, I, I have a, an intense need to perform and direct and create an experience for other people. I take such joy in going like, here's a vision I have and I want to, how can I show this to the world? Mm-hmm. And I so appreciate that I have people who will support me in that. For my birthday party, we had a strip-a-thon and we benefited Planned Parenthood and it was basically a burlesque show and I got to host it and be in it and direct it and do all the work, which is all insane because I don't have that many spoons to do all that, but I did it and it's so fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It's so, so fulfilling. And, and that's... And again, we had people who... We had people just, who performed. I'm here. I'm bringing stuff. I'm building stuff. I'm doing stuff. Oh, yeah. Just for like our dumb my my dumb birthday party. Yeah. People wanted to support a cause they believed in, which is Planned Parenthood, and and throw down money and throw down money. Mm-hmm. And we raised money. We raised so much money. We raised like a grand for Planned Parenthood, just because I had an idea. And it's something we had done before, but everybody, people practiced routines and made costumes and we had a full lighting set up from, and people, this was just all people from our community, community of friends. That were all pulling from their own areas of expertise or or resources or whatever. Yeah. And it was, oh gosh, it blew me away. So. Yeah. Um, It almost looked like it was a professional thing, like we knew what we were doing. (laughs) And we totally don't. We're just making it up as we go, but people seem to believe in us, so that's great. (laughs) Thank you for believing in us. I see a lot of that in Paris is Burning because here they are, they're putting on a show and they're making it happen, and they don't go into the logistics of how that works. They don't go into the logistics of the ball community. They do a very cursory glance of, like, here's, you know, this is what it's like to be gay and black in New York. And this is what it's like to be trans and gay and black. And then here is some of the here are some of the buzzwords you might hear. And here's how that's defined. And here's the experience. And here is what a house is. And here's how it benefits people. But they don't go into like the how the ball culture. They don't go into the history of the ball culture. They don't go. Well, the I actually took or... note of that and was expecting a little bit more because they would show like the flyer for the ball and it would say so and so and so and so presents. This thing, yeah. But they, why is this called Paris is Burning? We don't know, right? They may, they yeah, and just oh, it's on the flyer. Okay, mentioned cool. In passing, yeah. that one, like apparently, I guess one of the balls is called Paris is Burning. Yeah, yeah. So there wasn't a lot of coverage of that. I, I am a logistics person. Me I'm too. interested in how things come together. Mm-hmm. I would have liked more of that. I, I, I know that the documentary won at cons, but I feel like oh really? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a or a Sundance or something. It won at one of the festivals. I, I, I personally don't feel like it's a very good documentary. I feel like it's a very pedestrian. I'm going to go to a couple of things and talk to these two older people. And then that's going to be, I feel like it was a college project. Well, and I I did also note that most of the footage came from two events. Yes. And they were sort of like stretched out to make it look like it was more than it really was. Yes. And it didn't seem to have a a plot line at all. And typically in documentaries, I like a, here's where they are, here's where they are now, and here's how they got there. Mm -hmm. We just got the party, 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 oh, houses are a thing. And this one died, and that's tragic. And here we are, living in New York City in the late 80s. But at the same time, I think that it serves its purpose for what it was. And it's not supposed to be an end-all, be-all for an explanation of it. It was... An access point? Yeah. Yeah. It's putting it out there to open the door for more in that direction. I think that people who love drag culture now should watch Paris is Burning. You can watch it on Netflix. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. But I think that if you are somebody who appreciates, and also we see a lot of emulation, white girls love to emulate 
black drag culture and black drag culture and, and queer culture pull a lot from black female culture. Like there's a lot of pulling from different places. I'm moving my hands around. Sorry about that. I'm sitting on my hands now. I feel like understanding where things come from is important because I feel like it gives you a level of ability to honor it more that is deeper than just, I like watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned RuPaul specifically, because the first timestamp in that is 1987. Uh-huh. I'm trying to place myself in 1987. Um, I, I was four. You know, that that's a little earlier than I was thinking, because RuPaul was definitely the world's or America's first exposure to mainstream drag and that was on mtv culture and that's what i was trying to think of exactly when that was i guess it would have been oh when i'm I looking was up to 1994 um was in rupaul was in crooklyn and then was everywhere um, was it Spike? that late really i was yeah. thinking it would have been 92 or 3 um, uh, that she was on you know mtv spring break and was kind of everywhere mm-hmm. yeah rupaul um it says, uh, according to the internet, in 1994, RuPaul made his feature film debut. And we should clarify that RuPaul does not identify as a woman. RuPaul plays a woman. RuPaul mm. is a drag okay. queen and is a gay man. Uh, made his feature film debut in Spike Lee's Crooklyn, and that was what launched the performance career. So RuPaul, as the she, RuPaul is the character, you know, hosts RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's a drag competition, and it has a lot of elements of drag ball in it. It has the categories, it has the fierceness, it has the Yas Queen, it has all of that stuff in it, but that's really pulling from a thing that existed in New York in the late 80s, which was what Paris is Burning is about. And I think understanding that connection and going back and watching the documentary and seeing the reality of people putting their hand in the air and waving their finger and having a good time and and just going wild for somebody doing their thing is amazing. Mm -hmm. And that I think RuPaul's Drag Race really brings that. But I know that there have been a lot of controversial things about RuPaul and how RuPaul sort of has co-opted this whole thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's a lot of reaction to it that was the same as, um, this is kind of a trivial comparison to draw, but it reminds me of it. There's a, a reaction to rupaul and to the tv empire around rupaul mm-hmm. that's similar to the jenny jones show when i was in college yeah. and marilyn manson was popular yeah and they would bring on goth kids to go like that's not goth you know i think well, there's a i think you know the, like and you talk about this in the punk scene a lot yeah about how well if they start making money then they're sellouts right and so which i've never like, agreed with yeah, no, I think but if you're that making is money, a big like, part of the you're bringing thing. it to a greater world. Like, yeah, I absolutely agree. So with I that. feel like I feel like RuPaul's Drag Race has been an important moment in our current right. culture of acceptance because, and we do see so many elements of that. We see RuPaul having their contestants talk to family members who maybe don't accept them, and now the family members are finally seeing what this is mm-hmm. and finally understanding, and that's. That's great, but I think there's also it's. I mean, it's it's commercialized drag as a, a not a drag queen, but somebody who enjoys drag. I don't have a problem with it because it allows me to have more access to drag everywhere. I get to see my favorite drag queen, Willem, soon next month. I'm gonna go see Willem um, at a local club, and I get to do a meet and greet, and I'm so 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 excited about that. And I would not have had this person that I find completely a, a joy in my life if it weren't for RuPaul's Drag Race, and if it weren't for the balls and the ball drag balls in New York, there would be no RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. And, and Spike Lee having such a finger on the pulse of New York black culture right. coming up in the late 80s and 90s, I think is why that came about. Well, and as a point of reference, uh, Mark Maron's episode with RuPaul was really interesting. As somebody who only knew RuPaul as a person who emerged on MTV Spring Break when I was in high school, mm-hmm. it was really interesting to 
hear the actual story and and struggle behind the thing. Yeah. So go back and check out Mark Maron's episode about RuPaul. Yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And, you know, right now we're talking about the documentary as part of our cult cast media club. So I want to thank our Patreon supporters for listening uh, and for supporting us. (laughs) 